Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 107. Thank you for joining us. Some people dream of traveling the world, while others find that travels are thrust upon them. But whatever the cause, today's guests show us what homeschooling life can look like when you embrace the opportunity of being in different places. Homeschooling mothers Nicole Schaefer and Vanessa Delgado join us today to share how it's important to make time to explore the wonderful places and experiences that are all around you, and to look at those unexpected occurrences as opportunities. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. We often highlight the flexibility that school at home affords. This extends outside the walls of our homes, though, making the prospect of school anywhere a reality for many families. Today, Stephen and I get to visit with two such Colby moms who've literally taken their homeschool shows on the road. Nikki Schaefer is a Colby mom and military spouse currently stationed in Germany, whom listeners might know from her Army Wife Homeschool Travel Life Facebook page. Guten Tag, Nikki, or more accurately, guten Abend. (laughs) (laughs) Guten Abend, yes. Good evening from Germany. Vanessa Delgado is a curriculum developer and blog contributor for Colby Academy, whose family was featured in a recent Colby TV episode highlighting families who do school in their RVs. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Bonnie. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, sure. Welcome to the Colby Cast, both of you. We are talking today about being able to capitalize on the flexibility of homeschooling and not keeping us chained to a desk or in a classroom somewhere. And, we, and both of these ladies have a lot of experience and know how doing this. So um, we'd love to get to know you and your families a bit. So Nikki, would you tell us about your family and yourself and, and how you happened upon Colby? Sure. Um, I'm excited to be here and share our experiences and hopefully encourage some other military families that might be looking at Colby as well. Um, I'm the mom to three boys, uh, 11, 13, and 14. And we have been living this wonderful, adventurous military life um, for about 15 years now. So my children's entire childhood. Um, We've been homeschooling for most of it. And Germany is actually our eighth PCS, our eighth duty station. So we've definitely lived in a lot of places. And homeschooling uh, really provides us the family time that we crave together some consistency, some continuity, and as you're mentioning, uh, the flexibility to really go places and see places and take advantage of this lifestyle. Because it can be hard to move every other year, but it can also be really exciting to have your new you know, backyard be Denali National Park or the Pacific Ocean or here in Germany. Wow, that certainly does sound like quite... <laughs> quite the adventure yes. and what an experience in, in so many stories and places you've been and you guys have been in Germany for a couple of years now right we've been in Germany for almost two years now and um I apologize I forgot to mention we've been using Colby for three years okay um we'll be going into our fourth year of Colby and um it's actually been a really really fantastic addition to our kind of nomadic lifestyle it okay. allows us the freedom to have this awesome classical education and Catholic education 
while still getting to do all the fun travel things that we like to do. Wonderful. Do you guys do homeschool or online courses, self-paced? Do you do a mix of them? How do you make that work? So we do a bit of a mix. This year will be our first year, this upcoming school year for 2022 to 2023. My oldest will be going into high school. So he's going to be doing full online, full-time high school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> with Colby. Um, the, the two middle schoolers, uh, we usually pick a couple of core classes and I'll be honest with you, they're the classes I don't want to teach as much. <laughs> So uh, I'm a history person. My degree is in history. I'm happy to hand off math and English to the wonderfully educated instructors at Colby Academy. And uh, we utilize the part-time online classes for that as well. Good deal. Vanessa, would you tell us about yourself and your family? Um, sure. So I've been married 13 years. Um, we have three kids, ages 5, 9, and 10. Um, and we have a dog, a golden retriever. I don't think I ever actually thought I would end up homeschooling. My background is in engineering and little by little as the kids were born, I transitioned into teaching high school and then I went back to engineering and then transitioned into teaching middle school okay. and then COVID hit and threw everything, you know, threw all the plans of everything to, to the wall. Um, mm -hmm. And Homeschooling had always been something that was like a very romantic idea in my mind, um, something that I was kind of intrigued with, but not something I felt qualified to do and not something I ever thought we would ever get to. And when COVID hit, I was teaching full time. So that turned into me teaching full time, eight hours a day in front of a computer with two kids sitting next to me and the other one in a high chair having to excuse because I was literally potty training her while we were live. Oh, man. Fun story on that. Yeah. So she, <laughs> I mean, that was just the reality of my life at that time. And we ended the school year uh, with those shutdowns. And when we decided what was going to happen the next year, the little one was going to go into preschool very, very, very small. She wasn't going into pre-K four yet. So we said, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to take the, the cut and pay and we're going to figure out whatever uh, we need to to make this work, and we decided we were going to dive in. So totally not knowing, not expecting, uh, I just started them uh, on one program that they didn't end up liking. It's all on the computer. My middle one said, please, I'll do whatever workbook you give me, but I don't want to be on the computer all day. Uh, my oldest was like, he would have been fine on anything, but my, my middle one said, no, I really... <laughs> Um, so that's it. we. I started little by little researching. Okay, let's try this this curriculum. And I started with the core subjects first, and then I started bringing in um, all the others, the science and and history. And then in the process of this, I I joined Facebook groups. I'm I'm not very big on social media. I'm terrible about it. I I just can't seem to find the time. And then it's a rabbit hole when I do. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. so but I did uh, realize that there were some really great and very large Facebook groups for Catholic moms worldwide. And then slowly from there, starting to learn about all these different schools. And from there, I learned about, I made a few friends and then I learned about Colby. The more I learned about Colby, the more interested I was. One of the friends that I, I was talking with told me, said, she says, you know, I really think that you would be great at Colby. I think you should apply. I wasn't even looking for a job. At that time, I thought this is way overwhelming. 
And so I ended up saying, you know, if, if this is place, I, I love everything about the school was, I was already considering them for the following year for school for the kids to register because our first year I was just lost. And so I ended up applying and saying, I, I, you know, I'm going to place this in God's hands. And so far the homeschooling Germany had been amazing for us. I ended up prepping my tools is for communion. They both missed it because of COVID. Um, it was such an amazing experience for us. Um, there's actually a blog post about it on the Kobe blog that, that I wrote because it was just such a beautiful experience for us. And, and so I, I was hired by Kobe. It's been amazing. Uh, the kids officially started in Kobe. Well, the two oldest, the little ones still too young. So they've been in Kobe this year and I'm looking at possibly doing online for the older one because he's doing fifth grade. I kind of want to start prepping him towards middle school, um, handing off some of the subjects. Um, but yeah, we have loved it. It's been a blessing. It, we went from being um, curious about homeschooling to um, COVID forced and then being hooked. And, and we're really, really happy that, that it's just turned out this way. Oh, good. I think there are so many who have similar stories. Like I did not see this coming and here we are. And it has worked out so much better than anyone expected, right? Exactly. And so in the process of all of that, uh, my husband works in the healthcare industry. He was transferred to the Keys. We live in Miami. Um, that's where I grew up. Uh, that's where the kids were going to school. That's where I taught. I, I mean, that's where we were. We we have an RV lot in the Keys that we would travel to on the weekends. And that was our weekend place. And during COVID, things were a little crazy, especially at first in Miami. It's a big city. Um, and he worked for the biggest hospital system. So it was a little crazy over there. Um, I would say crazy. I don't know that I can think of any other word that sounds nicer than that. Um, but um, it was very busy for him. He was constantly worried that he was going to bring it home to us or to extended family. My dad is very high risk. So he was offered a transition to transfer over to the Keys to the hospital marathon. Um, and we jumped at the opportunity. It was like, well, we're homeschooling. We're not tied to any school. And this means we're going to be living in an RV most of the time, and then visiting home on the weekends. Yeah. And we decided to go for it. And so that's what we've gone to now. So we're fully homeschooling um, most of the time in the RV. Sometimes we are home, but usually only on the weekends, depending on his healthcare. So their, their schedules vary, but most of the time we are in the RV. And we've been able to do all kinds of traveling during downtimes uh, where normally people are not traveling, everyone's at school, and we have loved the flexibility of being able to do that. It's been awesome. So yeah, just kind of enjoying and rolling with the unexpected, I would say. That's one of my favorite parts, selfishly, about homeschooling is when you get to take advantage of all those wonderful places during the school week and during the work days. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, and thinking about somebody asking oh let's go to this place or whatever okay we're gonna wait until next week when we can when it won't be so busy exactly so how have you found colby to lend itself well to the lifestyles you each are living with your families nikki we we've talked to a few other military families and they have mentioned how well how glad they are of the continuity that that colby and homeschooling afford when they move from from place to place um and vanessa i imagine that is a similar story for you going back and forth and going all around as you are, but are there particular things about, about Colby that are, that are working well for you in each of the way you guys are taking care of things? 
Um, I know for at least for us, like you mentioned, as a military family, we do consistently move about every other year. And so it's quite a rarity for an active duty family for their kids to have the same school every time you move. You know, usually military kids are quite nomadic and they, they're adaptable and they do great, but having that one consistency has been a really great key factor to our family. Um, and in an odd way, the time difference that we um, share with California, you know, a lot of the, the Colby classes are obviously all based in the States. And I was really concerned about the time difference, but it has actually lent itself to be a really fantastic opportunity for us because the online classes that the kids do take don't start until about 4 p.m. for us here, but my kids are early morning risers. And so we have from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. I know I keep hearing these stories of teenagers who sleep in. I have not seen this. <laughs> not your house, okay. <laughs> my 14-year-old is at 30. <laughs> um, but it's really fantastic because we have all day to do the, the history and the poetry and any of the other classical studies that I want to do with them or to go and explore or take a tour or see a new place all before we settle back in in the evenings for a little bit of um, extra school time. So Colby has been really, really fantastic. And um, I know Vanessa mentioned some of the Facebook pages. We've discovered other homeschool families um, using Colby in Europe as well. And it's kind of neat to connect with them. I've been messaging with another mom that they're in Italy. Hmm. And so it's kind of kind of neat to find those connections through the, the Colby Facebook page as well. That's neat. That's neat. I know of, of a mom in Spain, we talked to her last year. We'll include a link to her episode in our show notes, Carola. So that's neat that you all are able to connect social media. I'm right there with you, Vanessa. It's like, mm. but it does have its strong suits and this being one it of them. Does. <laughs> it does. It does. What about for you? Um, so for us, Colby has been so wonderful because of the flexibility. Like my two oldest are so close in age. I got a third grader and a fourth grader this year. Um, and so some of the subjects, since I started out completely lost, um, when I started to look into the different curriculums, I realized some of them are just so close in what's being taught um, that it's easier and it was more fun as a family to do it family style. Mm -hmm. um, so subjects like science, um, history, we can sit down, even religion sometimes, we sit down, we can learn, you know, everyone kind of at their own lyricist, even the, the pre-K-4 one jumps in, uh, but at mm -hmm. her level. And everyone, um, I've realized that our, our learning was just so much richer when we could sit and read it as a family and enjoy it. Because if otherwise, I just couldn't split myself so many ways to where mm -hmm. I was sitting and fully teaching um, to the best of my ability, a science lesson at third grade and then at fourth grade and then at pre-K four. Um, it just wasn't wasn't possible. And so Colby's flexibility, the amount of curriculum options that they had, um, you think in the RV, we, we don't have a lot of space. So mm -hmm. we had to kind of adapt, you know, little cubbies here and there. We've got uh, those old milk crates all over the place for, for storage, mm -hmm. um, for books. But it it just became a reality. Okay, how many books are in this curriculum? If the reality is that I have to carry six books for one semester per kid for one subject, that's just not going to work. So what other options are there? Um, and the ability of Colby to work with that and to say, look, we offer all of this. These are these are the options. 
um, and the flexibility to be able for, for me to take the lead and say, okay, this is what I really love and this is what I don't, and we're going to do this all together. That's been, that's been so wonderful. And, and I, that's been uh, my favorite part of Colby, us being able to do that because other schools don't, don't have that flexibility. Yes, I, I totally agree with you, Vanessa, on that too. My seventh and eighth grader this year have done a lot of their studies together. And it, it's pretty cute to even, you know, catch <laughs> like 13 and 14 year old in a corner, like studying together or oh, yeah. creating flashcards for each other for science or just having full discussions and debates in my house as well about things that they're learning. So yeah, I, I love that part about homeschooling and about Colby as well. Like you said, the learning together and learning together as a family too. Absolutely. I'm glad that's coming up to combine the subjects like that. That was when a lot of times people hear that we're a homeschooling family and we have four kids and they're like, well, how do you, they automatically assume we're like doing all the things and it's like, we're doing a lot of things and we're managing a lot, but we, there are some ways that we are streamlining and simplifying and things that lend themselves well to combining. Yeah. What about life lessons or lessons in the faith or growing in holiness and virtue that you've learned from your traveling and living the lifestyles you're living? What, what do you think about that? I, I have to say one thing, not only in our homeschool life, but just in our, in our lives, just daily lives as well. And especially as a military family, um, is our faith influences so much of what we do. And it also, this is gonna sound cheesy and maybe a little corny, but it really makes moving all the time easy, at least mm -hmm. for me, because I just, I truly believe that every time we get those orders, it's somewhere that God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. And I think having a classical Catholic education to really kind of bolster that and back that up, um, I see it in my kids, you know, they are so resilient and adaptable and they move to each new place with such excitement. And it's not because it's always easy, mm -hmm. um, but our faith makes it possible to see that this is where we're supposed to be and that this is our path. And so for us, that's definitely a huge part of why it's important to include, uh, include sorry, uh, lessons from Colby into our just daily faith walk. Um, and then I'll just be honest, we are completely spoiled being Catholics living in Europe because we took an hour train ride last week to see uh, to Bingen, Germany, which is on the Rhine. And that is where St. Hildegard lived. And she's one of the doctors of the church. And there's a museum there for her. Uh, for her. And actually in our specific area of Germany, um, we have a lot of holidays that are church holidays. And so like um, all the stores and everything were closed this Monday for Pentecost. So, uh -huh. <laughs> and, you know, obviously the top of our list is um, hopefully going to the Vatican this fall. And so that's kind of a pretty cool um, opportunity that we definitely do not take for granted living here, that we can visit all of these, these churches and basilicas. And um, hopefully two of my friends here that are in our Catholic homeschooling group in the area have already done audiences with the Pope. So fingers crossed that we'll get, <laughs> that we'll get down there as well. So on that note, I know we're completely and utterly spoiled <laughs> by our current location. That's this just seems like the perfect approach. I mean, you could go into it thinking, oh, how miserable we've got to move every two to three years. Mm -hmm. But to say, what opportunities do we have here in this new place? What blessings, That's that seems the right way, yeah. 
Well, it gives a whole new meaning, I think, to the universal church, uh, which is yeah. one of our favorite things when we visit new places, being able to visit different parishes and seeing how you're welcomed with open arms. And and for the kids, um, I mean, mine are very young, so they'll ask, so, so they're Catholic too? They believe the mm -hmm. same things that we do. It's like, yes, yes, mm -hmm. uh, this is a Catholic church, you know. And then they'll look around, they'll start spotting some of the saints we've been learning about. Um, some of the icons, uh, some of the, the symbols within the church, you know, the, they'll recognize it. And it's just so awesome to see it in different places and not just always in the same parish, which has its value too. Um, but it gives a whole new meaning to yeah, universal church and being able to celebrate the liturgical year anywhere. Yeah. And, and it crosses over like across languages. I mean, we can go and pop into, um, we went to Pisa last weekend and we were able to kind of sneak into the back of a mass that was happening in the um, cathedral that's next to the Leaning Tower. And even though it was in Italian, it's the same mass. So mm -hmm. we might not know exactly what along. Saying, but we know what's happening and can follow along. And that's the same if we go to a German Catholic church or a French one. And so, yeah. I, I love that too. Yeah, no matter where we go or no matter what state you're in, we all have that link to each other. Nikki, you were telling me as we were preparing this episode about your trip to Pisa, would you tell us more about that and the, and the statues that you were mentioning and how they related to the studies you all were currently in, engaged in? Yeah, um, one thing I've noticed, and uh, not just in Pisa, but in a lot of places around Europe that we've been able to travel to recently, granted for our first year here, we didn't leave our village. It was a pretty harsh COVID lockdown. <laughs> so um, we're really trying to take advantage of um, our travel opportunities now. But um, it's so fun to see my kids spot statues from either Greek mythology or Roman history or also church history, you know, just depending on what we've been studying. And so we did a lot of um, studies on ancient Greece and ancient Rome this year. And so in the courtyard of, uh, they call, it's called the Field of Miracles, which is where the baptistry is, the Leaning Tower of Pisa and the, the Domo or the cathedral. And right in the middle is a statue of a wolf with two babies. And my 11 year old was like, well, that's Romulus and Remus, obviously. <laughs> and like, oh, okay. But then they have that same recognition when we go into, um, there's a fourth building called the Capo Santo, and it is a 600-year-old 600, 600 cemetery, but the graves are actually in marble tombs on the floor. Wow. And so um, there's various saints that are buried there. There's, um, you know, icons, like you said, or paintings and frescoes on the walls, and they recognize people from church history. They recognize saints. Um, it's just... It's been really, really incredible. We've gone other places where they've seen statues from the trials of Hercules and they recognize each one because of all the reading that we've done together through this awesome classical education. And I get just as excited as them. My, my children are middle school and entering high school and we still do read alouds every day. I sit and read to them while they're eating lunch each day. And I don't know, I, hopefully they'll let me do it for years to come still. <laughs> I have the same hope. <laughs> we do the same. I think the same thing um, that Nikki was just talking about, you know, seeing what we are learning about, uh, whether it's the saint, um, bringing kind of music to life in different different areas. 
wherever it is, um, you know, one of the things I like to do is kind of play the radio wherever we are and see, yeah. see different genres, obviously, you know, within what's appropriate. Yes. <laughs> because with kids in the car, that's a reality <laughs> yeah. nowadays. Um, but, um, but really seeing, seeing the different genres of music, different mu instruments that are used, um, how does the music look different in, in different parishes? Just being able to see everything from history to music, to saints, to science. Uh, we go on a hike and we get to talk about some of the nature that's different here from where it is, where, how it is where, where we're at. I mean, we're in South Florida, so things are very different here than when we go visit the North Carolina mountains um, or when uh, we're lucky enough to go out west, which for us is, you know, Utah, Colorado. Uh, we've only been there once as a family, but these are trips that have really stuck in their mind because they've gotten to see these things that we've learned about, um, that we've read about in school. Um, when we're usually traveling somewhere, we'll, we'll look up the history on this place, wherever it is. Um, what are some of the cool things that have happened here? The people that have kind of been there before. And, and so we'll read about it and, and it just really brings to life the excitement of going there more than just it's a vacation, more than just um, we're going somewhere to visit someone. We're getting to to really live all this stuff that we've been learning about in all these different subjects. So it's it's really uh, it's really a gift to be able to do that. I'm sure. Have you found in your transition to living mainly in your RV from in your home in Miami, have there been these sort of life lessons or opportunities for growth and holiness or virtue that you guys have dealt with as you've made that transition? I mean, if it's possible to set COVID aside, which is not really, but as, right. speaking to the transition of mainly living in your RV. Um, I would say to simplify. Um, simplifying has been a, a big lesson, I would say, for for me, probably more than the rest. My husband is pretty simple to begin with. Um, he could probably, you know, I think most men are that way. Their, their <laughs> closets look much simpler than ours. They can do with two <laughs> pairs of shoes. If my husband could probably do with his flip-flops and his shoes for work, and, and he'd be good with that. For the rest of his life whereas my <laughs> closet doesn't quite look that way um and then transitioning over to the rv i just don't have the space i i don't have the space to to be able to to have a very i don't know buried uh wardrobe i guess um we don't have laundry in the rv wish we did but our rv does not have laundries which means uh public laundry or hauling back and forth to Miami, mm -hmm. sometimes four loads of laundry for a family of five. Uh, and that's not counting towels and sheets and all that. That's just clothes. So one of the things that has just been such a lesson for me is simplifying and how the beauty in that, because once you simply kind of simplify your life, I think overall your view is just clearer. I tend to overcomplicate things. I, I don't know if it's the perfectionist or the engineering me that overanalyzes everything and then wants to be prepared for every single situation. So when my husband says, oh, throw that out, I think, no, we can use that for something else, right? Because in my mind, I just already calculated five different uses that has, and that's going to cost us money to replace it. So not being able to do that just because of this year space, um, it's almost green. It, it, um, it, it's liberating. It's, it's, it's not just simpler clothes. It's simpler life in general. You, you start to catch yourself 
there's less to worry about. There's less to to do. There's less to put away, less to organize. And you get to enjoy the simpler and the smaller things more than when you have more things. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I think that's probably the, the best way that I can describe it. And I had, that wasn't even on my notes, but um, it just occurred to me. Beautifully said. Yes. One of the other things I would say is just being positive and adaptable and enjoying even the unplanned, because whether it's um, here in the Keys or while we're on the road, you know, on a road trip or whatever the case is, kind of learning to roll with the punches or go with the flow, whatever phrase sounds nicer. Um, <laughs> but being able to do that and kind of rolling with the unexpected and making the best out of it um, and being able to enjoy it as a family and teach the kids that, you know, sometimes things don't go as planned and we can't, you know, like a two-year-old just throw ourselves on the floor and, and cry about it. We can't do that. We got to make the best of it. We got to be positive. And, and that's something that really from the, the traveling and then going back and forth, and that's the, something that has uh, really kind of stuck with me because so much of what's happened has been unexpected and in the end it's been such a blessing and being able to see the positive when something unexpected happens uh it's just been awesome yeah a reminder i would say for all of us including me yeah it seems like that's our and our parish priest here father stephen who's been at a couple of the colby events is that's one of his things it's like things happen and you just need to laugh and you know, we, see, there's nothing you can do about exactly. it. It wasn't it wasn't planned. So just laugh and you know, yeah. I think that's the right attitude. Not always easy, but the, but the right attitude certainly to take. I like that. That's our one of our family mottos: is you do the best you can with what you have, and that that goes with whatever life gives you that day. It might be what our energy or attitudes are that day. <laughs> um, but yeah, because there's so many things you don't have control over. That, you know, it's, again, another nice cliche line is to let go and let God and just, just kind of roll with, with the path that's before you. It's, it's nice in our faith that we know that we know that God's in control of all of those things. You know, if you didn't have the faith, you'd think, oh, this is just miserable. There's things, but you just think, well, God didn't have to make the car break down or give us a flat tire or, um, but he allowed it to happen. So we can be really grumpy about it or we can take care of it and move on. You know, that's, and that's when you're fun. a homeschool family, what a great opportunity for a quick shop class. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. right. <laughs> exactly. That's the spirit right there. <laughs> I get a little tired of that sometimes because I tend to get lost sometimes. And, but I say, I don't ever get lost on all these road trips or explorations. I just, find lots and lots of opportunities for us to explore new places mm. and to know them in a new way. <laughs> okay. Excellent. I like that. I'm going to use that. Nikki, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm betting that you are also a queen of moving and simplifying and having a, a really good grasp on what's really necessary to count among your possessions as you move from place to place. Um, yes, that is, again, another blessing slash opportunity that I was reminded of as I was listening to Vanessa talk about, you know, simplifying for the RV. Um, we definitely are not able to, to build up a lot of stuff because we move every other year, every couple of years. Um, one of, it's become actually one of my favorite traditions is that whole purging of the, 
the pre-PCS, oh, yeah. uh, PCS is our permanent change of station. So whenever we move, we call it a PCS move. And a PCS yard sale is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> it, does, it just feels good. And to move with um, lighter and lighter loads. And we try to kind of challenge ourselves to the military establishes a weight limit for us whenever we move. And I'm always very proud to be way under the weight limit. And that's <laughs> a fun like, a competition game with myself. But yeah, when, uh, when Vanessa was talking about that simplification, it really does kind of, sometimes I feel like when you free up that clutter, you just free up your heart a little bit, free up your, your mind a little bit, and you can breathe a little better. So yes, the, the army has given me lots of practice in <laughs> moving and deciding what should we fit in that uh, cargo ship to take all of our household goods over to Europe. <laughs> oh, that would be very difficult, I would think, because I would like to have a memento of something from each place where I've been. I mean, of course, I have the memories, but to have something to say, oh, this is from when we were stationed in Germany. This is when we were in wherever we were before that and and that kind of thing well, we do we do collect some things um if you were to look over into my kitchen at my refrigerator right now it is covered in a magnet from pretty much any city we've been to in the states or in europe um but then one of our favorite things that we've learned because like you were saying it's hard you, you can't collect everything i i have my which you guys heard earlier, but um, one of our favorite traditions is getting a Christmas ornament mm. from every. That's what place. I was going to say. Yep. Yes. And so then at we Christmas do that too. Year, it's, Neat. it's one of my favorite things is to watch the kids pull out all these ornaments, and uh, and think of the memories and the stories and the places that, you know, we've been, and it might be somewhere from you know we've been to like Churchill Downs or we've been to. Seattle and then you know all the way to Venice and it's just it's just yeah I was thinking the same thing because we do that as well and it's almost like you're reliving the memories the kids even as small as they were when we were there they still remember remember when we went here oh and this is from here and they'll recognize them from year to year and if the little one wasn't there the older ones will start to tell them stories and so it turns into such a, a beautiful memory uh, memory lane visit while we're putting up the Christmas tree um, it's, it's just awesome. Yeah, we do that as well. It's funny. Yeah, it makes for an eclectic tree, but I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Well, then it, kind of, it brings together every Christmas, you know, in that single event, even though it's year by year and growing. But yeah, just that. That's really beautiful. Rather than just random ornaments or whatever. Yeah, like you said, yeah. you, you, it's, it all looks perfectly put together, but it's missing that. It would be missing that, that sort of year by year story, as you're saying that's a good solution to the mementos and also the simplification thing. Well, are there challenges that you, I'm sure there are many, but are there a couple of examples of challenges you've encountered or are contending with currently that apply to sort of the, the travel that you guys continually in, embark upon or your RV lifestyle or anything relating to that? I wrote down wanting to do more than um, time allows because mm -hmm. what I end up finding is that um, the more we go places or the more even here in the Keys we've been here for almost two years and there's so many places that I want to visit and I'll say oh, we'll do that next week or we'll do that next month and then we just don't get to it because I'm doing other things and yeah. um, this week we'll we'll take the books out to the beach and we'll do school out there this week and then I'll say okay next week we're going to do the picnic and I just have so many plans in my mind of what 
uh, all these things that I want to do, and then I can't get to all of them. Um, so I would say I would say that yes, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that's a really good one because I, I definitely yeah. think a lot of us fall into that. Yeah, like there, there are so many things that you want to do and you want to share and you want to make memories and learn and travel and yeah, I I have been accused of a few times over planning <laughs> my family. You and me both. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and I, I keep thinking as well, like I'm such a creature of habit and routine. I, I, once I fall out of my routine, it seems like chaos just happens for me personally. And so how do you, how do you kind of balance that having a routine, but being able to embrace these opportunities that kind of are disruptive of, of your schedules? So I actually really, really love that you brought that up because I am also like very much a routine schedule person and a couple of my kids are as well. And so this year we've found a really nice balance and compromise. And I document a lot of, of that one on uh, my Facebook page, my Army Wife Homeschool Travel Life page, um, because our way around that has been, we've established that Mondays are train trip Monday and Fridays are field trip Fridays. And those are the two days of the week that I have the freedom to just plan something or we can just go somewhere and the, the kids are fine with it. So like, well, yeah, okay. Every Monday, mom has us hop on a train and we go somewhere. And every Friday, we just pick a field trip. And then the rest of the week just stays with our mostly normal routine. But that allows me the freedom to just plan a local trip every Friday and to kind of challenge myself to find something new that's within a one to two hour drive. And then the train development has been uh, something for me, stepping a little bit outside my comfort zone because um, training is very common in Europe, but I haven't had a lot of experience with it. So that's probably been one of my challenges and adaptability and you know, having the confidence in myself that I can do this by myself with the kids. And, and now we're getting a lot better. I mean, we can, take, we can get to Paris in two hours on the train. And so it's like, oh, I need to just, let's do it. And we can just go for the day and go to a museum and, and come home. And um, I don't know if there are any other military families listening that might be stationed in Europe right now. Uh, Germany has this fantastic program to kind of um, help its citizens with the cost of fuel right now. And so for any regional train or public transportation, like, um, uh, there's several buses or just city trains or trains that just go around the state. Um, you have an unlimited train ticket for nine euro a month right now. And so it's almost free to, to train anywhere. And so we're really trying to, to take advantage of that. And, but that's how we've kind of fixed the, the flexibility and spontaneity of travel and learning as we travel with also keeping a routine. So I think that for any family, whether or not we're on the road very much, that's a great solution to leaving some room to do something unexpected, but also having that expectation of this is something along these lines is going to happen. Yeah. And, and I do want to point out, I mean, we've obviously, we haven't always lived in Europe or within driving distance of Paris or Italy or Switzerland. Hmm. Um, but Field Trip Friday is something that we've had almost our entire homeschool life or just the lives of my kids and it might be something as simple as going to a local state park or checking out a bin from fish wildlife and parks to learn about antlers or you know the field trip friday 
is something that can be adapted to wherever you live, whatever time you have, whatever budget you have. It could be taking your city bus to the library for an adventure. Yeah, it makes me think of one of my favorite authors, Stephen Covey, who did the seven habits of highly effective people. And, and one of his things is always put the first things first, right? And you, so that's what you do, exactly what you're doing. You're putting these are the important things. We're going to schedule them. So we've got everything put in rather than randomness where things get lost because you, you haven't, you haven't made the effort. I love, I love it. Well, how do you all balance learning on the road? So there's, with your school subjects and the opportunities you have because there's so much to be learned from the places where you are right the school subjects how do you balance those two i know we um really try to utilize things like audible books hmm. um and so that's something if my kids all have something to read for literature or if we have a family read aloud or something um, if we're going on a long car ride, I'll usually go ahead and purchase that on Audible. And I like it because as the driver on some of these long road trips, it keeps me entertained too. Yeah. And then I'm also listening and learning along with them. Um, we also like podcasts. Um, yeah. And one thing, even just on a short trip, we like to listen to Catholic Sprouts mm. and use that as a jumping off point. Um, and then usually we'll take, we just take schoolwork with us. And so like I was saying earlier with the benefit of having um, the online Colby classes that we have being later in the day is we can be at an apartment rental or um, at a hotel somewhere. And as long as it has Wi-Fi, we can explore all day long and learn, you know, through exploration and through travel and through visiting. And then they can still sit down. They just have a better view out the, out the window. <laughs> there we go. Definitely. We've had the same same experience. So um, I did write down a couple notes on this. <laughs> um, so typically, um, we we try to adapt to whatever the vacation is or wherever it is that we're traveling, and depending on where it is. So, for example, uh, we did a vacation up to North Carolina. Uh, we rented. It was like a barn conversion. Um, wow. really neat it was a farm it used to be a farm they still uh, grew tobacco on it really neat for the kids to see they had a whole hike in the back but I was at the point in the school year where almost I, I think we all needed a break but I think I was at the point where I really needed the break I needed the the mental break from just all of it for a little bit and so throughout the school year there's always things that kind of fall through the cracks um, we plan the schedule and I do lesson plans every week for for the kids and they check off what they have on their sheets. And there's always things that just, okay, this didn't get to get done because whatever the case was, somebody needed extra help with math. Um, lunch took extra long because we wanted to hear an extra chapter of that um, read aloud. Um, we got an interruption from whatever it was, rain, and we had to run out and get the dog in or whatever the case was, you know, whatever interruption happened, a neighbor came over and, and was talking, whatever, whatever it was, um, there's always things that kind of start to fall through the cracks. And for us, that tends to be some of the, I guess, what, when in traditional school, we call the, the electives, mm -hmm. uh, right? Or in brick and mortar school, they call the electives, right? So art, um, we do a little bit of computers and typing and that also just to kind of get the kids acclaimed to it. But that stuff kind of falls through. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the science experiments with three kids in elementary school, they can be a little dirty and... Yeah. Sometimes I'm in the middle of cooking or working and 
um, you know, my thought is just, I, I, sorry, guys, I can't get into this messy experiment today. Yeah. Let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. And so what I've done is when we've taken these trips, um, I've taken the opportunity to say this trip, we're going to focus around reading the audiobooks in the car. And then when we get there, we're going to do these projects. Um, so that trip to North Carolina, uh, where we had all this space where we could set up picnics, we did art projects. I took out watercolors, watercolor pencils, pastels, and outside, you know, in the grass, we were able to set up all this mess that we normally weren't able to do because in the RV, we just don't have the capacity to do it. Um, so it was kind of, it's, it's kind of, you know, taking advantage of what we have in each spot and where the vacation is, what it is, what it offers. If it's a place with a lot of his, historic significance, like all the places that Nikki's talked about, it's just amazing the, the, the quality that, of things that you can learn outside of the house. Um, offers so much. Um, and if it's kind of a relaxing vacation, like the one that I needed at that point in the school year, then it was, let's bring, bring out the project. Let's bring out the, the pottery set that we haven't been able to set up because I haven't wanted to splatter all over the house, you know, whatever, <laughs> or in the RV, we just, you know, that, that would be a mess inside the RV. So one of the things that has been just wonderful for us is being able to fit those into the school year the beauty of homeschooling is, is having that adaptability to be able to say, we're gonna travel right now and um, it's kind of outside of the plan or, or the usual and let's take advantage of the opportunities that it offers, whether that's, um, yeah, we're gonna visit some, some national parks or some state parks and we're gonna be able to learn um, about some of the nature there that we're not used to seeing or or just saying, yeah, I'm going to bring along all the art projects that we haven't been able to do all year, and you know, having an awesome time with that. And I still, I've kept some of the the artwork that they have. I don't have anywhere to hang them up, but paper is small enough to keep. But it just turned out so beautifully, um, and they were just so excited being able to do this and make the mess and enjoy that. Where it was it was just an opportunity that we wouldn't normally have where we were. So taking taking the that opportunity and being able to to use it. Um, and fit in those little things that normally fall through the cracks. It just really adds to the school year, I think. And you're still doing school, so they still get up. I still would sometimes have, like handwriting was one of those things that, well, even when we're on vacation, you get up in the morning, you do your handwriting because, um, well, they love their handwriting books. They get to doodle and stuff on them. But um, it was kind of, you know, keep the pattern. We still get up, we do a little bit of learning, and then we go out and we have fun um, and we do whatever we're gonna do even though we're on vacation, we're still learning. And that love of learning has really been planted through that because everywhere and anywhere we're learning and, and not in a monotonous, you know, sit and read and do the book work, but in a really fun and kind of living it kind of way, if that makes sense. That really highlights that point that learning isn't just like sit down school work right now during these hours. It doesn't just happen in this small window. It happens ideally all the time. And also with the traveling and, and being able to incorporate schoolwork into your adventures that it's not just, um, this is a school year. This is when we do school and now it's summertime and we don't do any of that. And we can just, you know, check out for a while. It's, I love how that is cultivating the, the self-discipline and the habits of building in of, of, we still do, we tend to these things and we're able to relax, but also maintain some sort of structure to the day and, and be self-motivated. 
Yeah, and, and that sense of wonder and that learning is fun, you know, and that's mm -hmm. something that often gets squashed from us in school, at least it sure seemed like it when I was in public school as a child, but but boy, it's getting to go out to North Carolina and sit, have a picnic with painting sounds like what could be more fun than that, really, you know. <laughs> That sounds really lovely. <laughs> it really does, yeah. And good solution with the the mess concern right there with you there. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> it's just a reality. Do you all end up adjusting your school year calendars? Or do you kind of stick close to a traditional nine-month school year? Or do you find you can kind of start at various times or take longer breaks or adjust it how you need to according to your travels and or your moves that you're being sent on or things like that? Um, I think for us, we somewhat follow the general public school year um, in regards to, I know like Vanessa was saying sometimes where I feel like I get to the point that maybe I need a break, you know, the days get longer and it's nicer outside. I think you kind of naturally gravitate towards, we're going to do more outdoor learning this time. We're going to take some books to the lake. We recently um, purchased our first stand-up paddleboard. And so that's been our excuse to take some, a stack of books with us to sit next to a lake and take turns on the, the stand-up paddleboard. And it's kind of the balance of still enjoying that summer feeling, mm -hmm. but still learning. I'm still pretty strict in regards to um, kind of sticking with our classical core, meaning that throughout the summer, we do music, foreign language, um, reading and writing year round. So they still have those every day. So like today, my kids had a, had a soccer camp this morning for like a summer soccer camp, but then this afternoon, they still had German class. So <laughs> that goes. And for us, we're in a unique situation in that anything that we have that has a German instructor, like our violin teacher or their German language instructor, that the German school calendar is more of a year-round calendar. And so they won't get out for their summer break till the end of July. And so we're kind of in this um, kind of middle gray area where we have a little bit of an American summer, but then a couple of our subjects still continue throughout the summer with the German calendar. So but I mean, for us, that's what learning happens year round. But as far as the, the more strict schedule and structure, we probably mirror more closely the public school calendar. Okay. I would say we're somewhere in between as well. So um, we're we're in the Keys. Um, the the Florida Keys has the, their peak time for travel, right? For visitors is actually the winter because people are trying to escape the snow and come down to the Keys. Um, it's not the time that we enjoy it the most because for me, seventy degree water is like cold. I'm yeah. not more than my toes are going in there. <laughs> so. Um, and plus I was used to, I grew up coming down here in the summers. It's a two hour drive from home. So um, I grew up coming down here in the summers and enjoying it for the water sports and uh, fishing and all those things. So uh, I'm always inclined to enjoy more in the summer, the outdoor activities here, but it's also very hot. So if you're not in the water, it's not that fun um, to be outside. You very quickly want to hide for shade. Aside from that, the crowd that comes over during the summer um, is from Miami, um, and they they really crowd up the place in the summer. So the summers can get really busy here uh, 
with people just like us that are traveling from Miami. They're doing the opposite of us, but they're they're coming from Miami to come and enjoy the Keys. The weather is nice. Um, it doesn't rain as often as it does in Miami. The water is nice to be in. It's it's a great time to be out and about on the boat and be uh, diving and doing really all the great activities that this place has to offer. But we like to enjoy it when it's really peaceful and quiet. So we like to kind of spread our school year out um, so that we can still school during the summer. When students are back in school in August, then we kind of take a little break, enjoy that, and then start school a little bit later. So I think we've gone to a little bit um, year round. Um, I've also noticed that there's times that the kids do really well pushing through because um, I know there's some families that do like six weeks on, one week off, six weeks on, one week off. Um, and there's time that the kids are, are just trucking through really nicely. And I, I don't want to break the pattern. Um, and then other times that we get three weeks in and it's like, okay, everybody needs a little, a little breather because maybe the holidays are near and everybody's too excited with uh, Christmas coming up or with Easter just passed. And we're all excited with the celebrations from Easter and we're not quite getting back into the role of things. Um, so the beauty of homeschooling has been being able to adapt that where we still do, just like Nikki was saying, we still do some subjects. Um, I wouldn't say there's ever a time that we do nothing. <laughs> and that's something that my husband is still kind of getting used to. <laughs> so, do, you know, do they ever get a break? It's like, well, <laughs> it's a break. It's just a little different from what we're used to uh, in brick and mortar school. Um, yeah. And I think it really adds to what, Stephen was talking about with the wonder and that everything is an opportunity to learn and and just I, I the, the love of learning I think it really helps and when we need the breaks and we can't do the full on um, sometimes we take them and sometimes the lesson is hey well, we ha all have tough days and we need to push through um, but the flexibility of homeschooling and us being in control um, has definitely served tremendously being able to say, okay, as a mom and as the teacher now, you know, learning your kids and being familiar with when they're at that point and when we're all at that point to say, we can take a break and we're going to push some of these subjects. We're going to move around these blocks over. Um, being able to do that um, has been uh, amazing. It was just something that doesn't exist in brick and mortar. Yeah, so true. Okay, this is so, it's just fascinating to hear hear you all describe these things it's I know that it's not without its challenges but it you you guys have identified so many ways to make this work really well and thinking about our Colby families and listeners who are not quite as mobile or maybe you have you know some dreams this sounds wonderful to them and they've been wondering how in the world they can make this work we've got a lot of good ideas already but for the closer to home times um, this term gets you sometimes road schooling when we take some of these things short trips or or even day trips or things like that any suggestions there or what to pack and bring with? Any other thoughts there? I think exploring your own backyard is probably one of the most important and valuable things that you can do. You don't have to be taking these grand exotic adventures. Um, one of our favorite things has always been to explore our state parks and our national parks. Mm. Um, if you're a military family, we do have the opportunity to have a free national parks pass. Uh, it's the America the Beautiful pass. And throughout my children's entire childhood, one of our favorite things to do are the junior ranger programs. And if you want to talk about, you know, getting outside and learning as you explore and as you, you know, wander and wonder, 
that's such a fantastic opportunity. And we've done that in every state that we've lived in. And we've tried to really hit as many national parks and state parks too. Um, I mentioned earlier, I don't know how many states have this opportunity, but in Montana, uh, we were able to go to our local Fish, Wildlife and Parks office and you could check out education kits. And so we would bring home a giant tote that was all about ungulates and you'd have ant like elk antlers to look at and deer antlers to look at. And they would come with learning packets. And the next day we might do, you know, an owl pellet um, dissection or there's so many things that you can do when it comes to nature, no matter where you live. We've never been to Florida. Unfortunately, that's one of my places. I don't have a coffee mug from them yet. But um, we've been to Georgia a couple of times. So maybe it was a nature walk where we kind of hesitant, hesitatedly looked for alligators as we walked <laughs> through a nature path. Um, you're probably much more, I, I've had experience with, you know, black bears or grizzly bears. Alligators freak me out slightly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they do me too. <laughs> yeah, just out. Um, take a take a local tour of your hometown. You know, visit your library. Your librarian probably has great resources for historical fiction about a child growing up where your children are growing up. There's so many amazing things that you can do right at home and uh, right in your area. Oh, sorry, one more thing I want to plug just for, again, and I know this is military family focus. Blue Star Museums offer free museum passes during the summer for our military families. That's another great opportunity. Um, get out to your local museums too. I was going to say that as well. Museums, zoos, um, parks, the county parks and the state parks and the national parks a lot of times have visitor centers that will have the, the educational Sometimes they have boards, sometimes they have packets, they'll have coloring books that you can take home. Um, there's so much to offer in, in these. And depending on where you are, if it's not your county, maybe a few counties over. I know within, within Miami-Dade County, we're a large county and we have Broward County just close to us, but there's so many local parks um, to visit that offer such a wider range of activities. Um, there's botanical gardens. For us, we have, we have the beach close by, so that, that's always a, a nice, even with just the, the books, we take the books. One of the things that we went to our second year of homeschooling, actually, so this year, our first year, we were lugging back and forth um, in cubbies. They were, they were almost like milk crates. And that's where our books were stored. And it looked really nice because everyone had their little crate of books. They, they weren't like milk crates. They were nicer looking, but um, they were crates of books. Um, everyone had their own color and all the books are really nicely stacked in there. And what we learned is that putting that in the car and taking it out every time we traveled back and forth um, or put it in another car or went to travel somewhere else, um, those plastic bins do not hold up well. So we went back to book bags. Um, just oh, like yeah. when the kids were in school. And that is something that's worked out beautifully because every time we know that we're going, so we're going home, let's say, let's say uh, this weekend, uh, Thursday, when my husband gets out of work, uh, he comes home and there, he comes back to the RV and we pack up and we head home to Miami. Instead of packing up all the books with us, the kids each pack up their book bags with just what we need for the weekend. And we take that with us. If we're going to hit the road, sometimes we... I have to go to, we don't, we don't get mail service where we're at. We have to go to post office. 
So even a post office visit will be an audiobook, or you guys want silent reading or you want to bring your phonics in the car and they'll pack up their phonics books in their book bags and everyone straps on their book bags and my little one especially who, who hasn't been to brick and mortar school she gets all excited about strapping on a book bag and going somewhere with a little book bag um but the something so simple as that has made our life easier to just grab and go everybody's got their book bags we're going to the beach today um grab your religion books we're going to go read on the beach and uh something just so simple as that has 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 made it feasible i think or easier to just go out and take an adventure. We're gonna take uh, we're gonna take our nature study. We have little nature study notebooks. They're, they're little tiny little drawing books. And there's a little bag that's always packed with the nature study stuff. We keep a couple of um, little microscopes in there. They're little handheld microscopes. We have a couple of magnifying glasses in there um, and they're just packed in there with some pencils and the nature study notebooks. and. So when it's like, we need a little breather, we're gonna go outside to take a walk or we're gonna go sit in the grass for a little while, even if it's just in the backyard, grab the nature study books and sit and tell them to pick something and, and draw whatever it is, take little notes on it. Um, and with a kid with that, I showed them some examples of what scientific notebooks kind of looked like the first couple of times and they ran with that and they were so excited to go out and, and just draw a piece of grass or um, kind of shade over it and see, oh, look, I marked the graph on here. I can do that. Um, I found a, a pile of black ants. Let's, let's not say, well, it wasn't like fire ants. We don't want to get too close to the fire ant pile. But uh, we found a pile of friendly ants. We're going to sit and draw the, the, the neat pile. Look at how they're moving stuff around. Look at, you know, you, the beauty in just exploring uh, whatever is around us, whether it's, it's, it's the beach or your backyard or some leaves um in a garden i think anywhere that that you're at you can really do that and that it really adds to that wonder uh and that beauty and and the homeschooling just allows more time for that whereas if you're back and forth with schedules all the time you just don't have the time for it mm -hmm. i like the suggestions to have stuff packed and ready that makes it so much easier than otherwise if you've got to add time to pack stuff up that that you know you can keep packed that's a good idea and i would think it also lend itself to maintaining some structure while you're going on adventures too if you have things identified that you need and have ready then you can strike a nice balance between structure and adventure and spontaneity nice so nikki's facebook page is army wife homeschool travel life vanessa has several blog posts on the colby academy blog we'll include links to those in our show notes I wanted to mention some other episodes of the Colby cast that would be great pairings with this episode. Um, I mentioned one earlier with uh, Colby mom Carola in Spain. That's episode 35, An Atmosphere of Opportunity. We also have one with uh, Chris and John Bates who work for Colby. They are a military family as well. And that episode is called Veteran Homeschoolers. That's episode 31. We've talked a lot about the flexibility that homeschooling affords. We want to mention a, an episode that we did last year with Colby instructor Therese Prudlow, Embrace the Fifth Day, number 36. We'll include links to all these, so uh, no worries if you're not able to write down what I'm saying right now. And then uh, the follow-up to that episode is episode 37, Take a Moment. She speaks a lot to the flexibility that, it, that Colby affords with the way the curriculum is laid out in the course plan so that we can take these opportunities to go exploring. So I want to throw those all out there. Are there other resources or recommendations you would have for us at this point? I'd say for me, one of our favorite things that we like to do 
um, are to utilize Rick Steves travel books. Oh, and yeah. one of the reasons I like his videos so much is that um, they're usually easy to find on PBS or YouTube. They're free. Mm -hmm. And he also has a Rick Steves classroom mm -hmm. that includes lessons on um, specific places, art history, um, or this week they had um, links for the, the landings for D-Day and the beaches of Normandy, oh, yeah. which is really kind of fantastic. My husband actually had a work trip to Normandy this last week. So he spent the last four days just at Omaha Beach, Utah Beach. Wow. The kids and I didn't get to go, but we were able to watch the travel episode on Normandy on the Rick Steves um, website. And I really think that that can be a valuable thing. So even if you can't travel to some of these places, one of my favorite things to do is kind of a, a unit study where we find a couple of historical fiction books about children growing up during these times, watch a travel video. I mean, it can be Lonely Planet, Rick Steves, it doesn't matter, but it's just really neat to connect what you see with what you learn with what maybe um, someone in your shoes would have been feeling at that time. So those are a couple more of my favorite resources. And then we also like the book series, Draw Europe for geography practice so that we can see mm. where all these places are and kind of get a visual. And just reading, just read, 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 read as much as you can about all these places. <laughs> That's usually my answer to everything. Just read a book. <laughs> all good ideas. That is awesome. I know we mentioned it earlier, but I think the, the resource that I would mention is the Facebook groups. Colby has um, for every every class um, you have they have Facebook groups, but there's so many groups of Catholic uh, families that are out there. Um, I know I'm I'm in a group for Florida. I'm in another group for just Catholic homeschooling. I think I have three Catholic homeschooling families. But there's such a tremendous resource. Whether um, you want to know what to do in an area because you're visiting the area, or whether you have questions about curriculum, questions about scheduling. Um, questions about books that are appropriate or not appropriate for ages. It's been, they've been such a tremendous help for me um, that I started only two years ago, um, lost. I, I would say that uh, they provided so much help and assistance and guidance at first um, to kind of help me feel a little bit more qualified because um, at first you, I, I really felt like I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I can do this. And um, the support um, that's offered on there. Um, is tremendous. And, and so I know we mentioned it, but, but that's something that I would, I would definitely say. And with the books, um, one of the things that we have found is that the local libraries, and I, I found this out through the Facebook groups, the, the libraries a lot of times will offer um, hoopla um, or audiobook subscriptions of different types. And so if you have a library card, you're able to check out all these awesome books, sometimes even document, documentaries, um, that you're able to see and just kind of add to, to your school day or to whatever. So in addition to, you know, the, the typicals, you know, YouTube and um, everything that's provided through Audible and all that, um, that's been a tremendous resource for our family too. Yeah. Fabulous. All these are excellent suggestions, great ideas to tie it all together and incorporate the learning into whatever else is happening in the family. Is there anything that you wanted to get to that we haven't talked about yet? The only other thing I have written down in my notes is um, one of the things I'm really passionate about is encouraging homeschool parents 
to get out and explore and to have confidence in themselves. Mm. Um, as a military family, my service member cannot always travel with us. His job doesn't allow it. But to have the confidence in yourself and in your children that you can still get out, you can still travel, you can still explore um, is something that's really important and so you don't miss that opportunity just because you might be feeling a little overwhelmed. And so just to have confidence in yourself, you can do this. Um, again, going back to kind of social media help um, groups, if you're military, there's a Catholic military and homeschooling Facebook page as well. Um, and I also am pretty active in a solo mom travel Facebook page that really just kind of gives gives um, tips and uh, travel ideas for traveling with kids and encouragement and even, you know, some safety guidelines that people might want to follow if you're traveling to new places. But mostly just really want to encourage people to get out and explore and learn with your kids and make those memories because it might be a little daunting, but it, it's really worth it. I certainly want to thank both of you for coming on and telling these stories. And this, Bonnie and I are so lucky because we get to sit down for, you know, an hour and a half or an hour and 15 minutes or an hour, whatever, with with people like yourselves. And we, I keep getting surprised because, you know, I was going in the story. It's like what they're doing is impossible. And then yeah. as you explain it and start talking about it, it's like, no, we can maybe maybe we can't do it. We're not in exactly this situation, but we could do this. And this just keeps happening over and over again when we talk to people that they have these remarkable things that they're doing and you're you're speaking to our, our us and our podcast listeners i think just encourages people that they could they can try new things and there's wonderful things that hey let's experience this while we've got the chance you know and and so i'm, I'm very grateful that you've come on to talk to us about this today this is fantastic i second that 100 percent and that even applies to homeschooling itself. You've mentioned the hesitancy you had to start homeschooling. You're so inspiring in so many ways. The stories that you've presented to us and the examples you've given and just sharing with us your own experience, so inspiring in so many ways, including just taking on the homeschooling in the beginning. So thank you all so much for coming to join us. It's been lovely meeting with meeting you and conversing with you. I really hope that we can keep up with your adventures and, and wish you all the very best. Nikki and Vanessa, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast.colby.org. Marry our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.